Welcome to episode 107 of the Various Assembly Podcast. I am your host, Matt Harmon, joined live from the Vault Studio on the beautiful campus of Grace College and Theological Seminary by my good friend, my colleague, my co-host, and the man who's glad he survived his drive to campus today, mm-hmm. John Scott Sloat. Yeah, it's a little icy out there. Yeah, and you've got like a, typically it's a 20 to 25 minute yeah, commute. Yeah, tw- 20 to 25 minute commute. And, you know, it was, it was, it was I was driving down the road, um, US 30, for those of you familiar with the, the northern Indiana corridor there. Yeah. And, uh, you know, had, you know, 100 yards till I got to a stoplight, slammed on the brakes, it turned yellow. And I just I just slid, <laughs> um, mo- mostly in a straight line, so yeah. so no big deal. And stopped before I got to the stoplight. There was, there was no one around me. I went, oh, okay, so yeah. so that's how it's going to be. Yes, and uh, drove accordingly the rest of the way here. Yeah, was it? Would you call it black ice? Like, or was it still? Could you kind of tell that it's you know black ice is basically invisible to the, sure. to the eye? I thought it. I mean. I thought it was a little shiny. It okay. was it was maybe opaque ice. Opaque. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Good to know where it fits on the color scale. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And uh, and are you adopting a new voice right now? I am. Um, yes. I, I've decided to go an octave lower. Okay. Yeah. I'm trying it out just for the for, for the week. Okay. We'll, we'll see how that how that goes. Maybe next week too. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Um, you know, speaking of next week, next episode, if we can get the audio in time, yeah. Um, I, I'm confident we can. Okay. Our next episode is going to be a live episode. Yep. In chapel here at Grace College. Yep. How are you feeling about that? Um, I, I yeah, I don't, I don't know. Um, <laughs> nervous, weird. Yeah. Looking forward to it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm used to the privacy of, of our little. <laughs> our, our little ice box here, and yeah, former vault now closet. Yeah, um, with foam on the walls and yeah. everything. And uh, yeah, chapel's just another beast entirely. Yeah, I I find myself vacillating back and forth between this could be really good, this could also be a disaster. Yeah, and hoping for something in between. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I think I think it'll be fine. I think it'll be fine too. Yeah, it's something different. Although, so. although we always get emails anytime we don't have like a standard, uh, not me, our chaplain, get, always gets messages, why aren't we preaching the word in chapel? Yeah. That, that's always sort of the response um, from a, a, a section of our students, mm-hmm. regardless of what happens. Right. Yeah. Right. Which you appreciate the desire to hear God's word mm-hmm. taught, but um, that tends to misunderstand what chapel is. Yes. The so. chapel is not the local church, you know, stuff like that. Anyway. Indeed. indeed. So, um, I mean, I guess if you're in the area, you could pop by. Stop by the MOCC. 1030. 1030 yep. At the Manahan Orthopedic Capital Center. This Friday. This Friday, January 21st. Uh, you can be part of the live audience. So uh, if you want to get in contact with the show, you can find us on Twitter at VNSPod. Email the show, variousandsundrypodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook and on YouTube, uh, Various and Sundry Podcast. And we would still appreciate any effort to make to give us a review and a five-star rating on whatever platform you access the podcast. So let's talk <clears> – <throat> excuse me. Whoa. Let's talk a little sports, John. 
Uh, did you watch any playoff football this weekend? I did. I watched quite a bit of playoff football. Yeah, yeah. I think I, I think I caught bits of each game. And okay. there's still one to go. We're recording on Monday. There's still one to go tonight, right. which is different. And that's Rams Cardinals, right? Yeah. Hopefully a close game. My general thought on the weekend of football was the first game, uh, Raiders Bengals, was the best game. Yeah, entertaining. And everything else was kind of a blowout and and a little bit boring. Although I did thoroughly enjoy the Bills stomping. Oh, that was delightful. Yeah, Um, I was rooting for them to get to (laughs) fifty. Yes, that was that was nice. I was grateful to to see that. Um, The the other thing uh, here's what I wonder: Does you know this year they expanded the playoffs? They added a team. Does that contribute to the blowouts that we've seen? Where you've got another, you've got a team in that last year wouldn't have made it. Sure. So have we diluted the playoff pool to the point where you're going to get more of these since you added an extra team? Um, maybe I. But we had three of four of those this weekend. Mm-hmm. We're pretty much just just blowouts. Th- three of five. Three of was it three of five? Oh, we yeah, still have one to go. Well, no, we had there were two games Saturday and three games yesterday. Oh, you're right. Niners and <clears throat> uh, Cowboys. Niners and which, Cowboys, which was actually was a not closer a blowout. game, it was a competitive yeah. game. I mean, the, the Niners had a lead the entire game. Yeah, that's true. Did you hear Dak Prescott after that game? By the way, I didn't. I saw the clip of how the game ended, and I saw Mike McCarthy complain about the officials not spotting the ball fast. Okay, enough. so Dak Prescott goes to his goes to his press conference after the game, mm-hmm. which has to be a horrible experience for all players after they lose a big game like yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely. So some some grace there, right? But uh goes, yeah, and the fans were, were throwing all sorts of stuff at us, cans and batteries, all sorts of things. And a, and a guy in the press goes, well, Dak, they were trying to hit the referees. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, uh, something to the extent of this isn't a direct quote. He goes, oh, good for them. No, you can't do that. Um, and so that's blowing up on on social a little bit last night. Yeah. One of the cardinal rules of being an athlete is you can't you can't say negative things about the fans, your your own fans. You can. It's my. It's dumb probably to say negative things about any fans because it ne- it never works out in your favor. Sure. Um, but when you're when you're applauding them for trying to hurt officials, that's. That's never a good thing. Uh, yeah, it was uh, it was weird. It was yeah. a weird comment by Dak. Although I get it, you know, like this. Although Dak made a dumb play by by the quarterback sneak. It's the year of the bad quarterback sneak. Well, but who? I mean, is that uh, I, I, is that his fault? He probably didn't call that play, did he? I don't know. There's a question of whether it was a play call or whether it was Dak just sort of improvising yeah. in the moment. But um, I mean, someone pointed out. I think it was maybe. Tony Dungy was pointing out that um, part of Dak's mistake was that when he slid down to go down, he didn't hand the ball to an official. He just sort of laid it on the turf, which then, you know, the center comes up to get over top of it. The official comes in to move it back a a half yard to spot it properly, bobbles the ball, and, you know, that costs the extra second that prevents them from clocking it. But, I mean, the reality is the the odds of them winning that game were still incredibly low. Yeah. They would have had one play from, what, like the 25 mm-hmm. to score? You know, That's better of, than a Hail Mary, which is, is what but, some other fans were calling for. Yeah. It is. It is. So, 
in any case. And th there's there's all that history and expectation with the Cowboys and their terrible record in the playoffs in the last 25, 30 years. So. I did enjoy the three plays to get to the spot where they were. I thought they were well-designed, good see those, plays. But, yeah. yeah, the the drive itself was um, – who, who's the coordinator there? Is it, it's, uh, uh, Kellen Moore, I think. Yeah, the former uh, Boise, Boise State, State quarterback. quarterback. Yeah. I, I thought they were inventive. They were fun, um, w well executed by the team. So He is definitely a creative offensive mind for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah. So um, – and Steals plays from the Jets, yeah, by the way. there you go. There you go. Um, and hats off to the Bengals for winning their first playoff game in 30 years. Yes. Um, I saw a tweet that the first text message about a Bengals playoff victory was sent this uh, on Saturday. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah, I mean, the last time they won a playoff game, I was a freshman in, in college. 91, right? Is that right? Uh, Is it 92? Would have been 92. Okay. Was Boomer Esiason their quarterback at that time? I believe so, yeah. Man, and it feels like he's been a staple at CBS yeah. in, the, in the room f for 15 years now. For sure, for sure. So, um, yeah, I mean, uh, it would be nice to get some more competitive games moving forward than, than what we saw this weekend. Yeah. I think we will. Inevitably yeah. that happens. But um, And the end of Ben Roethlisberger's career, we should probably make note of that. It's over. It's done. Big Ben is no more. It's no more. Yeah. Well, he's still going to exist and be a human, I assume. Uh, that's my that's my assumption <laughs> as well. Uh, so, um, uh, let's briefly hit on the NBA. We don't pay much attention to NBA until about this time of the year, typically. Mm -hmm. So I had to actually look at the standings for the NBA and the Eastern and Western Conference, and I was a little surprised. Uh, the Bulls are number one in the East. Yeah, the Bulls are coming out of nowhere. Um, so it's it's Bulls, Nets, Heat, and Bucks. And maybe the biggest surprise out of uh, out of the Eastern Conference is that the Cavaliers are in sixth. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it's early. A lot, a lot of time for that to change. Um, but the Nets, I think, finally this past week had a game where they had Kevin Durant, James Harden, and Kyrie Irving playing together. Which was only like the like it's some ridiculously low number of times they've actually played an NBA game together on the same team, despite the fact that they've been on the same roster for the last two years. Yeah, um, I did hear this question on sports radio, and I'm wondering if your what your take would be. Would LeBron James be better off being back on the Cavs of just staying in Cleveland? Well, as the teams are currently constructed, probably. Yeah, probably, but. You know, in in the meantime, he he did win a title with the he Lakers. Did. Yeah, that's and, true. And the Cavs have been terrible mm -hmm. until this year. Terrible. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I I don't know why anyone thought the Lakers roster would work this year. I mean, they're in like eighth in the conference. They're still going to make the playoffs probably, but they have a great team. If it was twenty thirteen, yeah, yeah. I mean, Westbrook, Carmelo, Anthony. Like all guys that you're like, these guys are well past their prime. Mm -hmm. Particularly Carmelo, and then, and then injured. Yeah. So, and Anthony Davis seems brittle as well. Mm -hmm. Who's their younger star? So, uh, anyway, and then in the Western Conference, it's Suns, Warriors, Jazz, and Grizzlies. I think the Grizzlies are a little bit of a surprise, uh, but 
the Jazz are always one of those teams that's good in the regular season and just can't seem to to make a deep run in the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, Donovan Mitchell is always fun. He is a fun player to watch. Um, and a Mets fan, by the way. Oh, well, good to know. I, I'm not sure if you're aware. I, I was not. Thank you yeah. for that tidbit. Always wears Mets gear. Anyway. <laughs> okay. But I think the Western Conference is basically we we assumed it would be. Probably Denver's a little lower than I expected them to be, yeah. being sixth. Um, yeah. But the Suns, you know, they were in the finals last year. The Warriors um, are healthy again. Right. They just got Clay Thompson back. Yeah. I think Draymond has, has had some nagging injury stuff as well. So – um, now that they've got their team back together, I, I would not be surprised to see them make a, a serious run for, you know, the top spot in the West. I mean, based on what it looks like now, it looks like you're setting up for a Suns-Warriors Western Conference final matchup. Which would be a lot of fun. Yeah. If those... it didn't start at 1030 at night. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Way past your bedtime. Way past, yes. I've been asleep <laughs> for an hour at that point. Yeah. Indeed, indeed. So... Well, speaking of getting to bed at a good time, today our topic is wow. building habits. So, uh, you know, we had our one of our powerful planning sessions. Was that what last week? week I think ago? it might have been two weeks ago. Okay. Yeah. Uh, trying to actually, you know, get out in front of content management when it comes to uh, the pod. And uh, saw an article on the Gospel Coalition website about uh, building habits. And we'll, we'll reference that at, uh, along the way at some point. It was That article is more about things you can do to fill in gaps within, um, within the day. You know, if you've got a little two-minute gap here, a three-minute yeah. gap here, 30 seconds between things, uh, things that you can do to fill that. Uh, and we'll circle back to that. But um, – I thought it would be a good launching point for us to talk about building habits. We've talked uh, about goals for the for the new year, and people are still probably in that window of, you know, trying to hit those goals or New Year's resolutions or whatever at mm-hmm. this point, and probably feeling the uh, the tension of maybe not successfully <laughs> hitting those at this point. Um, so let's start with just some basic. Uh, why 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 is building habits an important thing? Why is it something that that you would say is important to pursue intentionally building habits? Sure. I, I think I'd point out that we that we naturally have habits, uh, that mm-hmm. we naturally have rhythms, um, but I think our sinful nature and those sorts of things cause us to build oftentimes unhealthy habits. Mm-hmm. Um, like uh, I, I think an unhealthy habit that's out there right now that we've all – grown into might be the proper term uh, is looking at our phones every 30 to 50 seconds. Yeah. You yeah, know, so, I, true. so I think that happens naturally. I think the difference is we have to build better habits and build structures and ways that are, right. that are good for us. Yeah. Inevitably um, we're going to fall into patterns of behavior. Mm-hmm. And the question is not, do you have habits? The question is, um, what is the quality of those habits and recognizing that ultimately habits play a significant role in shaping mm-hmm. who, who we become, the yeah. kind of person we are. And that if we're not intentional about building the right kind of habits, we will default to the kinds of habits that often uh, make us 
worse human beings yes. than, rather than better ones. Yeah, I, I think we, we oftentimes in habit building underestimate uh, what we can do with a little bit of time. Yes. You know, uh, I think that TGC article does a good job of pointing that out, right? We underestimate what we can do with 10 minutes here, 15 minutes here, mm-hmm. and overestimate uh, the amount of joy that comes from just sort of like, I'm going to look at my phone for the next 10 minutes, or I'm going to scroll Facebook for an hour, or whatever, right. whatever it is. Yeah. Very true. Very true. Um, in some ways, I think you get into into the into the area of part of the, the the difficulty is intentionally building good habits takes effort mm-hmm. defaulting into bad habits generally doesn't take effort at that's all that's right yeah <laughs> and so it's it it becomes a uh, a matter of intentionality when it comes to uh, when it comes to that uh, so we've kind of touched on this but but why do you think building habits is so challenging um, well, I mean, I, I think we've said it a little bit, right? That, that we just kind of naturally want to do whatever we want to do in, in a particular moment. Um, we want to follow our own heart. We're, we're, we're sinful at our core, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think that makes building things that are, that are ultimately good for us in the long run but have very little short-term return yeah. uh, are, are difficult for us to, to build. Yeah, I agree. I, I think the intentionality – uh, required to build good habits uh, is one factor, I think, as well. Um, just generally speaking, when we when we set out to build good habits, uh, we're looking at ways that we can uh, improve our lives in some capacity, whether it's our health, whether it's mm-hmm. our spiritual life, um, or, or other areas, and. Just the, the level of effort and intentionality that it takes can make that, um, I think, more challenging than just the default position of kind of going wherever our natural desires or impulses take us. Yeah. Um, I think a good example of this that, that I've done uh, is – and this is not spiritual in any way, although maybe um, backdoor spiritual um, – is uh, – we, uh, Andrea and I, for for a time, would come home and go, "What are we eating?" And we would end up eating not good food for us, just mm-hmm. um, pretty, you know, or like, well, let's run to this fast food place or let's order from this restaurant. Yeah. Uh, and eventually, we got in a good habit um, of sitting down on Sunday night, mm-hmm. uh, picking out what recipes we're going to eat that week, um, and then using Walmart.com and ordering all those things. And then I pick it up on my way home from work on, on Monday night. And that, mm-hmm. that's that been a good way to both uh, increase our health yeah. uh, and uh, uh, help financially. You know, it costs yeah. a lot less money to plan that out. So yeah. that that's one way uh, that we've been able to build good habits. What about you? Have you built any good habits in the last couple of years? Well, I find that um, I, I think I go back and forth on some of these, probably the biggest one is just consistent exercise. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and I'm, I'm such a, I'm a person that is so um, routine oriented that once I get into a routine where it's built into my week, yeah, it doesn't tend to be that difficult for me to consistently 
keep that. It's changing up that routine and adding something new it's, into if it? If something happens to get me out of that routine, mm. like a, a a break on the academic calendar yeah. or if we travel for a week or something like that, then it ha- it takes a lot of intentional effort to restart that uh, pattern of behavior. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So, um, so yeah, I, I've recently gotten back more into the rhythm of, of exercising three days a week and had to make the adjustment from running to uh, getting on the exercise bike. Because of the knees? Knees just can't handle the, mm. the, pow- the impact, even on a treadmill, which is not as you know hard as running on – streets or anything like that. Just, elliptical in your future at all? I can't do the elliptical. I don't the, the the movement just feels too unnatural to me. Okay. Okay. So, um I I've enjoyed it for the most part. Um but again, building that kind of pattern of behavior uh has been something I've I feel like I'm starting to do. I'm not saying it's like yeah. locked in and I'm never going to depart from it, but um but I think uh, that's that's a recent habit that I'm starting to cultivate yeah. in that area. Um, and I think just uh, something that uh, came to mind as I was doing prep for this is just thinking about a couple of texts, uh, you know, Deuteronomy 6, uh, 4 through 7, which is our church's memory verse, memory verse as yeah. we're going through Deuteronomy. But sitting there yesterday and being reminded about uh, how that passage talks about how you're supposed to talk about the ways of the Lord uh, as you're getting up in the morning, as mm-hmm. you're going to bed at night, as you're going about your daily activities. And it, it seems like it's it, it's advocating for, it's just built into the fabric of your life. Yeah. And that takes a measure of intentionality um, to create that consistency. But what's great about that passage as well is it starts by talking about the need to, about the command to Love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your strength so that it's not just external ch- – changing of external behaviors, mm-hmm. that it's it's rooted in a heart change. It's rooted in a change of affection and desire as well. Yeah. Um, and and we'll, we'll circle back to that uh, in, in a little bit I think. But um, – what about you? Any well, I guess you mentioned the the. Uh... Yeah, I mean, exercise exercise is one I picked up uh, probably this time last year. Uh, and one of the things that was really helpful is um, going to the gym with someone. Uh, yeah. So, uh, me and uh, uh, Professor Pat here on campus uh, <laughs> yes. would would go to the gym uh, mo- most yeah. of the time together, three times a week. And there was yep. shame if you didn't show up, or yeah. or you know. Yeah, I, I think the whole. Uh, teaming up with somebody is a, is a good piece of that, not just when it comes to exercise, though that helps. Um, my wife and I regularly go together as a, you know, inevitably, one of us doesn't necessarily feel like going. Sure. And it, and it, it, it varies. Sure. So one day it's me, one day it's her, you know. And so the, the sort of extra motivation of, come on, I'm going, you can come with me, like we can do this, let's just get this done. Uh, is a is a big piece of that, um, and even and we'll maybe talk more about this. Uh, but you and I both teach language, teach Greek. Oh yeah. And if you want to talk about, like, I I just remember, maybe you could talk a little bit about your experience with the guys that you regularly 
studied with when it came to the languages? Yeah, so um, one one of the things we did for Hebrew mostly right. um, was uh, our chaplain here, Brent, and Zach in Ohio, who we've interviewed on the pod before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the three of us took Hebrew together, and we would go to a coffee shop after class, and we would do... We would do about half the Hebrew homework together. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we would leave for a day. And then we'd come back the next day. And we'd do the the second half of the Hebrew together. And it was like doing it over a couple of days yeah. caused you to be like, okay, I get this concept. Step away. Forget the concept. Come back. <laughs> relearn the concept. And yeah. one of the things we did regularly is we just didn't leave the table until everybody around the table understood the concept. Yeah. Um, vocabulary, we did a little bit of that, but most mm-hmm. of that was on your own. Right. Um, but yeah, it was it was a really good process. It made the language way more enjoyable. Sure. Um, and the three of us are still good friends. Yeah. And I, I think that kind of experience is um, one of the best ways to go through the languages. I mean, by default, because of the way the language courses work – you're with the same group of people mm-hmm. all academic year. Yep. And so um, that just by its very nature tends to facilitate uh, friendships and, and con- relational connections. But taking it to the next step of, okay, we're going to build into our schedule time together to study together, to work on homework, to, to sharpen one another, to help one another where necessary – to commiserate together. Mm-hmm. Complain <laughs> about the professor together, uh, totally. you know, complain totally. about the midterm, yeah. final, whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. Um, so I think those are those are examples of, you know, one of the ways to help build consistent habits uh, is is through accountability and 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 joining with someone in doing it together. Yeah. Um, is a is a is a big piece of that. But um I wanted to, to circle back to uh, that the whole re- connection between our affections, our desires, mm-hmm. uh, our, our, our inclinations, uh, and, and tie that back to the building of habits. Because one of the things that, that I know we're not advocating is um, just the, the building of external behaviors without mm-hmm. actual heart level change. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, as I'm working on the Luke commentary right now, I'm in chapter 11, and it's the se- it's a section where Jesus is uh, condemning the Pharisees' hypocrisy. You know, you basically he's like you you tithe all down to the mo- most minute herbs and things, but inside, you know, you you, you neglect justice and the love of God, mm-hmm. and you know. He's like, you shouldn't have – I'm not saying neglect the other things. Like that's that's fine. But you've you've neglected the more important ones. And when you have that disconnect between internal uh, desire, inclination, affection with external behavior, uh, you, you, you deepen a level of hypocrisy. All of us have a disconnect uh, to some degree mm-hmm. between external behavior and – what we know intellectually and what we sure. know we should do and, and don't. But uh, that's that's different from being fully aware of it and 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 just being fine with it. Yeah. You know, maintaining external behaviors and not putting any effort into transforming internal heart level motivations and desires. 
Yeah. Um, and so I, I think one of the more helpful things on on this is uh, this sermon by Thomas Chalmers. It's entitled The Expulsive Power of a New Affection. And we'll have a link to John Piper's um, uh, kind of forward to this uh, in the show notes. But what's basically the point that he makes is, uh, and this is more directed towards getting, uh, overcoming sinful desires. Right. Breaking bad habits. Breaking bad which habits. Which we haven't talked much about, but we would certainly be for. Right. Uh, and, and saying that it's not enough to just try to stop doing whatever bad habit sure. you're trying to stop. Yeah. That you need to replace your bad habit with a, a, a stronger desire for something better. Mm-hmm. Uh, and obviously in the spiritual realm, uh, when you're talking about you know killing sin and that kind of thing, it's not enough to just be like, I have to stop doing that. I've got to stop thinking that. I've got to stop pursuing that. Obviously, there's a place for that, but without uh, overcoming that with um, a stronger desire for something good, for something mm-hmm. godly, uh, your chances of, of success are, are pretty minimal at best. Yeah. And um, in the spiritual realm, obviously, the idea is that we become so much more compelled with the beauty of Christ – that whatever sinful desire we have is overcome by that. Mm-hmm. So not necessarily that that sinful desire disappears, sure, but that the desire for Christ and 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 being in awe of His beauty is sufficient to overcome that, so that you don't act on that sinful desire. Yeah, it's like the, it's like the old hymnist says, right, right. Um, the things of this earth will grow strangely dim in the light mm-hmm. of your beauty and grace. Like, like seeing the beauty of the gospel, seeing the beauty of Jesus Christ will mm-hmm. draw us to something and away from something else. Yeah. And, and when it comes to, I think, considering that, that whole area, of course, I think it's appropriate for us to pray, God, take this sinful desire away from me. Well, of mm-hmm. course, that's appropriate to pray. But oftentimes, God doesn't completely remove that sinful desire from yeah. us. Uh, instead, uh, ideally, he gives us a, a deeper and stronger desire for Christ so that when we're faced in that moment with temptation, that we're more compelled by the beauty of Christ than we are by whatever lie that uh, sin is enticing us with. Yeah, absolutely. So, Do you want um, to tell your illustration here? I like your illustration that you have uh, on the on the show notes. My illustrate. I should probably look at my show notes. Oh, yeah. So um, in that introduction, uh, Piper uses this illustration, which I think is super helpful. <clears throat> he says, if you had access to all the latest machinery in a sophisticated science lab, what would be the most effective way to get all the air out of a glass beaker? And so, you know, you think about, well, how would you get the air out of there and, you know. Get a really powerful vacuum right. of some kind. Exactly. Yeah, that's, that's where my mind yeah. initially went. Yeah. And the simple answer is fill it with water. Yeah, fill it with something else. Fill it with something else. Yeah. And and that's that's the analogy in yeah. terms of uh, overcoming, uh, whether it's sinful desire or even just bad habits that aren't mm-hmm. inherently sinful, but, um, you know, are not best for you in terms of um, – your your life. So, 
Um, also, we'll link to this uh, article, the one that we talked about earlier uh, on the Gospel Coalition. One of the things that it does helpfully is it gives suggestions for how to fill little gaps of time. Uh, so if you've got you know one minute between this or five minutes between this, I think if we're honest, almost all of us, our, our impulse is, well, I'll just check my phone. And whether it's checking social media, whether it's checking on the news or you know whatever it might be, mm-hmm. uh, oftentimes uh, that just becomes a, a giant time vacuum. Yes. Where it just cons- – you know, and next thing you know, you think, oh, I'll check that for like 30 seconds. And the next thing you know, you're like, I've burned 10 minutes doing this yeah. or longer. And you're like, gosh, what am I doing? Like, yeah, yeah. And um, this article on the Gospel Coalition makes some good suggestions for things that you can do to fill those gaps. Um, you know, sometimes we'll suggest to our language students, if, you, <clears throat> if you've got a – a vocabulary app on your phone, which we recommend. Yes. Instead of jumping onto social media, you know, burn through a few vocab lessons or, or flashcards to kind of brush up on your, mm-hmm. on your vocabulary. Just fitting in some of those gaps, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I think uh, it, it, it is amazing how much time we waste on the phone. Oh, yeah. Uh, how much time we don't need. Um, and I mean, one thing that I did in this last year was delete Facebook off my phone. It was kind of deleted for me. That's a longer <laughs> story that I think we've told on pod. <laughs> yes. Um, yes, I think we have. But it was amazing how much time I received back. Uh, thank you, hackers, you know, out there. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah. How much time you waste uh, on that device. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Read a book. Yes, yes. Um, so uh, – Anything else you want to you hit on on this area of, of building habits? Um, maybe one more resource. Uh, there's a book. I know we've mentioned it on the podcast maybe this time last year. Uh, there's a book called The Common Rule. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, it's, a, it's strategies for creating rhythms in your life of, of how, to, how to seek God even in a, uh, a secular work environment or um, you know, just, just some simple like do this mm-hmm. before this, like, like – like, open scripture before you look at your phone in the morning. Yeah. Sorts of things. Yep. Um, that made me think of one other thing that I think would be helpful to to mention here. Uh, it, on this dynamic between sort of heart-level motivation and, you know, external actions and habits, that sort of thing, um, those ideally tend to be, I think, mutually reinforcing. Yeah. So sometimes you might have an intellectual recognition of, I need to do that. Mm-hmm. I have very little desire to do that. So you start to build in the external habit of doing it. And over time, ideally what can happen is is that the the doing of that actually intensifies your enjoyment or the desire uh, that you have for it. So that, you know, sometimes I think people can get paralyzed of, well, I don't want to do that. I don't want to be a hypocrite. I don't want to be I don't want to be one of these, you yeah. know, Pharisees that well, sometimes God uses the external actions to uh, intensify or create even greater mm-hmm. desire to actually do those things. Yeah. Um, so I think uh, that that's just something that I've I've seen people kind of overreact to the well. I don't want to be a hypocrite, so until I want to do it, I'm not going to do it. Like until I want to pray, I'm not going to pray. That's a terrible way to approach your spiritual <laughs> life. You know? Yeah. 
Um, so that, that, that's a dynamic I think that's helpful to head on. But in any case, it is time for us to move on, yes? Yes, yes, okay. yes, yes. So we are on to this day in sports history. What do we have on cue, John? Yeah, so for January 18th uh, uh, in 1976, uh, Super Bowl ten. Ten at the at the Orange Bowl in Miami, uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers beat the Cowboys. Uh, yeah, Lynn Swan MVP. Yes. Yep. Um, is that after uh, the uh, reception, the Immaculate Reception? That might have been. Let's see, seventy six. I forget what year that was. I mean, the Steelers won four Super Bowls, and they had a gap year in between. They won two. And then didn't make it, and okay. then one, two more. I can't remember where that fits in. Okay. Have you ever been to the Western Pennsylvania uh, uh, Athletic Hall of Fame? Uh, surprisingly, no. You, you need to go. They have <laughs> it's it's worth the price of admission just because they have a statue of Lynn Swan doing the Immaculate Reception there. Well, that's not you're, you're confusing things. Am I confusing things? Yeah. Lynn, the Immaculate Reception is when they played the Raiders in the AFC Championship yes. game. But the ball ricocheted off of a of a Pittsburgh or a or an Oakland. No, 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 no. It was Franco Harris caught yeah, it. Franco right? Harris, yes, yes, like caught it just above the turf. Yes. So it's Franco Harris. That yes, you're thinking of. Well, they have a statue um, of it. They have a statue of Franco Harris at the Western Pennsylvania Hall of Fame, uh-huh. and it's like a good eighteen inches off the ground. Yeah, I'm sure. Oh, it's not that. Um, and you're just like, <laughs> well, was it that far? Anyway, yeah. okay. Um, so 1983. Uh, the International International Olympic Committee is that it? Yep. Um, restores Jim Thorpe's Olympic medals. Uh, the pentathlon, pentathlon, and the decathlon victories. Yes. Yeah, they had taken it away because he had been paid twenty five bucks to play semi pro baseball. So seems uh, like a, a solid decision to get yeah. those back. Um, in nineteen ninety six, uh, baseball. Owners uh, unanimously approved interleague play for the '97. Yeah, um, yeah, which changed things dramatically. Yeah, it has. It has. I mean, nowadays it just feels normal. Yeah, but uh, that was a big deal um, when they made that decision. Yeah, and it, I think it destroyed some of the mystery of the World Series a little bit. You Maybe. know, I think there are some that really work. Like I think Yankees Mets works quite and well, and White Sox Cubs. Like White if there's Sox, an Cubs. obvious like. Very close, not rivalry, but like it makes sense that Yankees and Mets would have a you know an interest in playing each other in yeah. their league. But some of these you're like, um, you know, you're just like, why are these teams playing each other? Like yeah. this just feels weird. Yeah, agreed. Um, 2004 AFC Championship, uh, uh, New England Patriots beat the Colts uh, 24-14. Uh, NFC Championship, uh, Panthers beat the Eagles. In the NFC Championship game. Yep. Yeah. In 2004. This was during the Eagles' run of, like, getting to the NFC Championship game, like, six years in a row or something like that. And this is the one time they made it to the— No, Carolina no. beat them. Yeah. No. Yeah, so this was the Donovan McNabb years, right? hmm Where they were very, very good. Yep. Yeah. And um, and, and also, it, it just struck me as I was doing the prep for this, you know— the AFC cha- – the, cha- the conference championship games, we just had the first weekend of playoffs. It just shows you how much they've started to push the season oh, back yeah. with the new playoff format and the extra game in the regular season now mm-hmm. and, and that sort of thing. So, uh, even, in, even in 10, 15 years. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. 
so you got a preference out of this group? Um, I've got one. Okay. Yeah, let's hear yours. I don't necessarily have one. I was going to go baseball. You were going to go interleague play? Yeah. Okay. That to me feels like the probably the most significant out of that yeah. group just because it changed it, – it has changed the nature of baseball. Absolutely. So we'll go with that interleague play. One thing you liked? Uh, this last week I had two different speaking engagements. One, I spoke at Grace's Chapel. Um, mm-hmm. It was a little bit more of a topical sermon that was handed to me. Yeah. Um, and – uh, you know, you get 30 minutes. But if you want to go find it, it's out there on Grace's Chapel's YouTube. Um, and it only took you like five minutes to get a Tim Keller quote in there? I think it was like seven. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and then over the weekend, uh, I spoke at a winter retreat, uh, kind of doing a Bible 101 for uh, high school, junior high students. So that was a lot of fun. So uh, like a youth group from a local church or like – Yeah, it was a local church. So it was like seven or eight local churches came together and did a retreat together. Okay. And uh, yeah, I probably had 50 or 60 in my breakout. I had a breakout session is what I had. So okay. I probably had high 50. school and junior high? Or? I believe so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, they, they all sort of look the same at, at some level, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I'm going to be honest. Like I, I feel like college age is kind of like my floor yeah. of where I feel reasonably comfortable – teaching and speaking, you get below that, especially into the junior high realm. And I feel like I'm lost. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In terms of figuring out how to connect with them. And you know, yeah. Yeah. So. My, my jokes were definitely geared towards college students yeah. and it did not always fall well with the junior high students yeah. in the room, but yeah. the adult leaders, I think, enjoyed it. Yeah. So. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Uh, so for me, um, I don't think I told you about this. So the, um, there's the Center for Biblical Foundations, I think it's what it's called, that's run out of Midwestern uh, Seminary. Each year they do book awards, book of the year from the previous year. And so I've, I've been asked to be a finalist for the biblical theology category to, to assess, oh, okay. a, a judge to assess yep. all the different. So I agreed to do this thinking, oh, this will be fun. And, you know, free books are always a nice How thing. many books did they send you? Ten. Ten books, and nice. they gave, but they gave me like less than three weeks to wow, and they sort of acknowledge in the like uh, in the email. Well, you're probably not going to be able to f- read every word of every book to be able to make your decision. Wow, especially when they send like one of them is Doug Moo's Pauline Theology. Uh, That's like a seven hundred. Yeah, I was about to say, book. isn't that like eight hundred pages? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and <laughs> and so, but I've started cranking through a few of them and and power reading them. Uh, so I've worked through a few of them. Uh, but the one that I'm working on right now and has a good chance to be either the winner or certainly one of the top two or three is a book by Daniel Block entitled Covenant, the Framework of God's Grand Plan of Redemption. Now, this is not a sort of leisure read. Okay. But it is a significant contribution. So if you're a, a ministry leader, a pastor, uh, or just a, a a very thoughtful uh, lay level uh, armchair academic. Armchair a- academic. There you go. Yeah. You will you will enjoy this book, even if you don't agree with every nuance of what he says. But um, uh, very thoughtful, very engaging, and um, I'm enjoying it. So, well, we've talked about NFL playoffs. We've talked about our upcoming live episode. 
So a reminder about that. If you're in the area, January 21st, Friday, at the MOCC here in Winona Lake, you can come watch that live. We've talked about building habits. And we didn't even mention the fact that this podcast has become a habit. We've built it into our lives, and now it's become a, a regular habit. We've talked about the creation of interleague play. We have uh, discussed our one thing that we liked, John getting out and about speaking, and me reading lots of books. So I think by definition, we have covered our various and sundry topics. And so time to call Mission Accomplished? Yeah, I think so. All right. All that's left to say is then, until next time, the Lord bless y'all real good. Later. Later.